Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Twisty Pod. I'm doing something I don't think I've ever done, or at least not in recent months, and that is recording from the beautiful comfort of my bed for a few reasons. Uh, The first being I am a tired lad today. I started a new season of Love Island. And uh, so, you know, I'm I'm back on my Love Island lingo for the moment. But I have been pretty bad with my sleep schedule this week and I needed to just get a lot of things done. So I was going to bed late, waking up early. It happens. You know, sometimes life just gets a little wild. So I'm definitely feeling a little fatigued even after a beautiful and long, maybe 10 hours worth of sleep last night. We do what we can. We love the weekends. But also... In the most beautiful and surprising turn of events, I was fortunate enough, going to get all emotional here, to finally, finally get the COVID vaccine yesterday. And I was that absolute sap that basically started crying in the car right after I got my vaccine or during the whole process because it just felt so stinking emotional and I'm just so grateful and relieved and of course you know like I'm just one person but I guess that's sort of the whole point you know like herd immunity and whatnot and everybody over the age of 16 I believe is finally able to get the vaccine without any other previous conditions or if they're not immunocompromised so it's so so fabulous and wonderful and I'm just feeling so, so grateful. Anyways, I felt a little bit tired last night and that's kind of the worst that I've felt, I suppose, as far as symptoms go. But if there's anything to note is that if you feel any sort of symptoms, it just means that your body's doing what it should. So I am just feeling a a little bit more physically tired and extremely sore. So all night long, I was trying to like wake up and almost do like yoga poses because I was trying to stretch out my limbs because they just felt like really tight and sore. So I'm just trying to take it easy today. Relax. Got myself some Tylenol. You know how it is. But I'm feeling so beyond just grateful. And like I said, I was that person where I'm thanking every single worker and they do it in like a really organized way here in Washington, or at least the the clinic that I went to, where it was basically, not basically, it was outside, like in a parking lot. And there's volunteers like every 50 feet and they're telling you what to do and where to drive your car and whatnot. And every single person I talked to, I'm just like, thank you for being here. Thank you. <laughs> I was just that person in every sense of the word, but I just felt, I don't know, it just felt so stinking surreal. And obviously, of course, you know, we've watched so many people get the vaccine who needed it way more than I did. And I've just been so uh, overwhelmed from this past year for sure. So it just finally feels like a little bit of hope. So I'm just feeling really, really, uh, I don't know, weird today, I guess. And it's just so funny. I mean, 
obviously, you know, the pandemic's not a new topic, but I feel like sometimes we've been so conditioned to just deal with it at this point that we sort of forget how unusual these circumstances are. Like how flippin' weird is it that this has been our entire lives for, I don't know, what, 14 months now at this point? It's just so surreal. And I think we often probably at this point are just giving ourselves no more attention, no more benefit of the doubt, you know, because we're just kind of going with what has become the new norm. But I wanted to share something that I saw on TikTok the other day, and it's kind of been at the forefront of my mind because I've seen a lot of these conversations about people who are feeling really frustrated with themselves, particularly because they felt like this past year, obviously in more ways than one, has been extraordinarily difficult. But the conversation I've been seeing with hashtags and and TikTok, Instagram, whatever, is that people feel very upset with themselves because they've gained what has been kind of coined as the quarantine 15, the quarantine 20, if you will, where people just feel a little bit upset with themselves and their bodies that this past year they've put on more weight maybe than they would have wanted to otherwise. And I'm just paraphrasing here. But I saw this TikTok from this creator who basically said, I'm going to cite him right now. His name is William Carved Pumpkins, which wonderful username. But I actually have the TikTok right here. So I will just read it verbatim because God bless him. He turned on the closed captions. He said, let me get this straight. Your body has kept you alive during a deadly global panorama, panoramic, you know, they they try and censor the word pandemic on social media, but global pandemic. And you're upset with it because it doesn't look the way you want it to. It had other priorities, okay? And it delivered on them. Say thank you. And I just loved that. I loved that TikTok so much because He's exactly right. Our body had some other priorities to get through this past year. It kept us quite literally alive through a global pandemic, something that has stricken the entire flipping world down. And we're upset because maybe we don't look the way that we would have wanted to 14 months later. Like we should be so grateful that our bodies have gotten us to where we are in this moment at this point. And that is something to be celebrated. Like my body has been fighting for 14 months to be alive and to be safe and to keep me even like mentally above ground, even in a good mental state, apart from anything physical. But I think it's just so important to kind of keep that in the back of your mind if maybe that's something that you're feeling down on with yourself or your journey or maybe just things haven't gone the way that you would have wanted them to. Because frankly, same. Like, of course I would have wanted this past year to be different, but I'm also so stinking grateful that I'm still here today and that my family has been safe and that they're well taken care of and my body has fought every little ounce it could to allow me to be speaking with you today. And that's something to be celebrated and not taken for granted. And it can feel very frustrating because we can be so, so hard on ourselves. But almost like take yourself out of the moment for a moment. (laughs) Or you just like think about it in the grand scheme of things, like in the big picture. You have been living indoors for 14 months, 
with limited movement, with limited physical activity, with complete confusion on what's happening outside and following all these guidelines that we've never had to follow before and feeling overwhelmed and lost and frustrated and mad, angry, all of these emotions, we can be so hard on ourselves and so easily tricked into thinking I'm not where I'm supposed to be or I'm not as physically blank as I want to be in this moment. But I am just grateful for every stinking day at this point, every darn day, feeling so thankful for my body and its power and its ability to carry me from day to day and to keep me alive through a global panorama, pandemic, (laughs) Panera Bread, whatever we want to call it. And I just wanted to share that message because it really stood out to me and I've been thinking about it ever since it came across my For You page because I don't want you to fall into that idea that you need to be really, really hard on yourself when really we should be so stinking grateful and thankful that we are here and even just united in this moment listening to the podcast, recording the podcast. And I think that's also me just being a little bit sappy right now because I am and I am emotional. (laughs) But we're also keeping it real because that's what we do here on the Twisty Pod. It's also kind of interesting because we're sort of at this point, at least I'm going to say, you know, in the Northern Hemisphere, where the summer is approaching and typically, at least in any other circumstance, summer means more socialization, more time outside, more activities, more sunlight, God bless, and just all of these really positive and fun things that just come with the summertime. And normally I would be kind of head over heels for it. You know, actually, let me retract that. I'm actually not too much of a summer person and I never really have been, which I think you would probably think contradictory of because I'm a California girl at heart. I should be like head over heels for the sand, the the summer, the sun, whatever. But I'm really not because I think I've always felt a little bit self-conscious in the summer because it's always like shorts and dresses and t-shirts and bathing suits and you know if I never felt confident in who I was or my body then it always made me feel self-conscious about going to do those activities and whatnot which is just such a sour way to live like how silly is it that I spent a majority of my adolescent years just mad at the way I looked gosh it just makes me angry to think back on now but more so in this year 2021 I feel so almost nervous for this summertime to approach because I'm just not really sure what life is going to be like this summer. And I feel like there's this little itty bitty part of me. Why have I said itty bitty multiple times in this episode? What is going on? I think that there's this part of me that's super, super anxious for just being around other people or even seeing friends I haven't seen in a really long time, connecting with people or even just like taking a walk around my street and seeing crowds of people. Not that like (laughs) I live in super crowded area, but just seeing large groups of people all at once, I think is going to make me nervous. And not even just pandemic aside, but really more like social anxiety. And I think that's something I've just kind of suppressed for as long as I could, because I've always had a little bit of social anxiety, but I've, you know, just kind of gotten past it because that's the way that we lived for all of our lives. But because we've just been kind of taken away from everything that we used to do and now we're in this time where we're used to being alone. We're used to hanging out with our dogs and those are our best friends and most beloved confidants. And Reese, you still are. I know you're giving me the stink eye right now. 
but I'm just not used to talking to people. I'm not used to socializing, being in a group, like talking with strangers even. Those are just things I've kind of put on the back burner and was happy to do so for a little bit of time because I was like, you know what? I am this extroverted introvert at heart. I really do feel awkward in most social situations. But now that I've been separated from the world for such a long time, I think all of my social skills have gone down the drain, as I've talked about in a previous podcast. I truly and genuinely do believe that. And I'm just nervous. I'm anxious for being around people and talking and small talk, all of those things I've put off for an entire year. But I think, kind of like I was saying before, we are not alone in this. There's probably a lot of us that are feeling this exact same sentiment. So even if I think in my brain, yeah, I don't really know how to talk to people anymore, maybe people are thinking that about themselves. And maybe we're all just secretly thinking about ourselves and not about how the other people are interacting with us. It's almost like at this point, I've recognized that I've never had a single original thought in my life. Everything that this past year has taught me is that I'm never alone, which is, you know, always a very comforting thing to realize. But also at the same time, I'm like, anytime I think one thing and I'm like, I'm the only person in the world who probably feels this social anxiety and feels super nervous, it comes up on my For You page in like two days and it's got like 400,000 likes. I'm like, oh, so definitely not alone. That's really, really sad. 400 other thousand people think the exact same way that I do and maybe we've got a lot to deal with. (laughs) I have some questions I want to go through and let's do that next. But before I forget, I wanted to ask for your feedback on all of the interviews and things that I've been doing in the second season of the pod and really just wanting some more of your feedback on what you like to listen to, what your favorite types of the podcast have been thus far. Do you prefer just Taylor sitting down and ranting about literally anything or are you really liking some of these interviews? What's been most impactful and helpful for you? What's been some of your favorite episodes? What would you maybe like to hear from me next on? Always up for your feedback and kind, constructive criticism. So send me a message on the Twisty Pod Instagram. Or if you don't have Instagram, you can email me hello at twistypod.com. <laughs> if you have any suggestions or anything that you're like, hey, I've really loved this, but this other episode, not my favorite, or I really want your perspective on this topic, just let me know. I'd love to bring in any more guests. If you have a certain topic in mind that you'd like us to discuss or even just an expert to speak on some things with, I know you were all giving me such positive love and good feedback from the last episode or two episodes ago with Paige Hallis on debunking the fitness myths. That was such a fun episode and such a good way to talk about things that I seriously would just take as truth because I would see my favorite influencer use it or do it. And I know that we can all easily fall into that trap sometimes. And it's so easy to just believe what we see and we hear online without taking maybe just that one extra step to always cross check what we are thinking or what we've seen with scientific research. And I just, I love that. I think it's so fun. And as much as I am not the most sciencey gal in the room, I do find it very interesting and I love learning more from literature and from just science and fitness health in general. I think it's so fascinating. So bottom line, if you want to hear any more interviews like that or just podcast topics in general, give me some feedback. We love to hear it. All right. Raina asked, what is my favorite late snack? Uh, Usually popcorn. I'm a 
big popcorn gal. Popcorn and pretzels are really at their uh, biggest competitive time in my brain at this moment. I've always been a big popcorn lover, but popcorn for me is just so delicious and yummy and I don't always process it very well, but gosh, it's just so worth it every time. So popcorn is a beautiful late night snack for me from a bag or from the microwave, whatever, stovetop. I'll eat any and all of it. Love myself some popcorn, but also a fun little sweet treat I've been loving lately is just dates, dates on dates on dates. Specifically, the medjool dates I think are top notch, especially the pitted ones because you know your girl and her hatred for messing with teeth. I just don't want to have to deal with a date accidentally with a big old pit in it. So we love a pitted date. Specifically, stuffing it with some cashew butter, chocolate chips. I know people have recommended for me to dunk it in chocolate too, throw it in the freezer. And that kind of makes me nervous. I'm not going to lie. Chocolate part I can get behind. I'm not a huge, huge chocolate gal, although that does sound delicious. But it's more so the freezer part that scares me, particularly because of my teeth. I get nervous to eat anything that's too hard or it's been in the freezer, it's been in the cupboard. I just, ah, I don't know. I think I would get nervous to put a date in the freezer, pull it out. It's it's hardened and then to bite into it, even with like my molars, which is what I try to do. Am I the only one that, I don't know, that just makes me so stinking nervous to try. I believe you that it would taste good. I really do, but I just, I don't know. I think it makes me feel like I'm about to crack a tooth. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, we love some dates, especially late at night. If I'm not really in the mood for anything crazy, but I want something that's still got a little bit of a sweetness to it, it's nature's candy. I truly believe that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Janet asks, how do you stay consistent on all of your platforms? You are superwoman, by the way. Okay, Janet, first of all, giving me way too much credit. Second of all, I feel like I don't stay consistent. Maybe that's just me. I'm pretty good about staying consistent with YouTube content, particularly because I think of it as I don't want to let you all down. If you're expecting a video from me, I want it to be there for you. And I want you to feel like you always have me to count on in that way, which I know is so silly, but I will take breaks for sure if I'm just not feeling like my best self or if, you know, things just go awry and I can't get a video finished in time that's not quality that I'm comfortable sharing, then I won't release a video for sure. But I think it's just so important to have like kind of that routine for myself specifically because I'm no longer working this desk job where I'm answering to a manager, to a boss, whomever. Now it's just me holding myself accountable. And if I can't hold myself accountable, 
I almost can't trust myself in that way. And I think that's kind of a dramatic way of putting it. But I really do have to be so consistent with my routines and my work because if I don't, I can easily fall into my old habits, my old patterns that I've always fallen into where if I just stop doing something for a short amount of time, I can get lazy and I can never get back on the bandwagon. So it's very important for me to be really, really good about that, specifically with YouTube. As hard as it is, I really do try to be on top of getting my filming done ahead of time, which is so much easier said than done. Some weeks I'm really, really good. And I'm like, wow, I've got all of this content ready for the rest of the month. But then I rely on that too much. I stop filming for a few weeks and then I'm back to square one. So it's really just, you know, a balance that I've never quite acquired appropriately, but we're working on it. We're trying. I do feel like I'm pretty bad with Instagram and I'm extraordinarily bad with it on TikTok but we do our best. We try. I try so hard and get so far. Okay, this is kind of a tricky one from Ashlyn. She says, how do you not compare your meal with your friend's meal? I can't tell you how many times I used to do this, especially growing up or going out to lunch or dinner with a friend or something. And you constantly might be sitting there thinking, I ordered the wrong thing or my meal is not as good as their meal or not as quote unquote healthy or something or it all just goes back to I think at least in my case feeling so comparative to me and my friends because I felt so insecure in myself so it was always a problem about where I was in my own journey and not a problem about them it really truly had never had anything to do with my friends but more so me not feeling secure and who I was and where I was in my journey. I think I've been able to get to a place in my life now where if I go out to a restaurant, which of course now is like few and far between, but let's just say I'm out at a restaurant, I think of the one thing at the restaurant that I wanna order most. And then I order that because at the end of the day, it's not a common occurrence. You're not going out to a restaurant every single day. You should be able to go to the restaurant and order whatever the heck you want. And if you are around somebody that is critiquing what you are eating or they're making comments about it in a derogatory or mean or negative way, that person needs to be removed from your life, if that's possible. And recognize and acknowledge that those comments are coming from a place of insecurity on their end and has nothing to do with you or what you're eating. If you can establish that healthy mindset and healthy relationship to food and you can eat what you want and what is best for you and your journey, then it will not matter what your friend is eating, what your partner is eating, etc. And it will only matter what is good for you and how you are nourishing your body. And that's such an easier argument to say than to actually live out and to think every single time that you're in one of those situations. But you have to be constantly aware of the fact that Whatever you're doing, you should be doing for a healthy lifestyle. And a healthy lifestyle comes with balance. And it comes with a love and appreciation for the foods in your life that you love. And for me, as I've talked about before, food brings me joy, genuinely. It's a point of love for me. It's always been a point of community in a way that I've bonded with people in my life, friends, family, whomever. And it's made me feel so loved like it's kind of like a communion of sorts not to be like too spiritual with it but 
it really is like this way of bringing people together and laughing and enjoying each other's company over a good meal. And I think that's how we should be approaching those things to begin with and not thinking about every single little bite or every single little thing comparatively to what the people around us are doing because everybody's on their own journey. Everybody has their own story. So really think about how what you are eating is going to fuel you. How are the nutrients on your plate going to fuel your body for the rest of the day? And your friend or whomever should be worrying the same thing about themselves and should not be worrying about you and vice versa. So it's such a hard thing to actually put into practice, but I promise you that if you focus on yourself and you worry about what is best for you and your life and your journey and your story, then that is going to be the most impactful and powerful thing that you can do for living a healthy and balanced lifestyle. And I hope that you're able to get to a place like that. I really and truly do because that sort of freedom is the most liberating and powerful thing that you can do for yourself and feeling so confident in who you are, you don't have to spend any of your energy thinking about or comparing yourself to other people. That's actually a really good way to phrase it. <laughs> not, not, not to toot my own stinking horn, but why do we want to spend so much of our time thinking about other people? Why would we want to put our energy into feeling bad about ourselves to put ourselves down and to compare ourselves to the people around us? That's not going to get us anywhere. It's never going to make us feel any better about ourselves. And really, we need to be our own biggest cheerleaders. And our friends should be doing the same for us. And we should be doing the same for our friends. We should never be putting them down to put ourselves up or putting ourselves down to put them up. We need to be self-lovers. We need to be encouraging ourselves. And we cannot be wasting our energy by comparing ourselves to one another. And I need to be the first to do that myself because I've been a problem of comparative culture my entire life. That's a weird way of phrasing it. But basically, I felt like from some of my earliest memories, I remember comparing myself to my friends in kindergarten, in the first grade, literally. I can remember looking at somebody's picture in the yearbook and thinking they looked better than I did. And why didn't I look like this? Or why did my hair not look like that? Whatever. In the first flipping grade. That's so sad. We've got our whole lives to live and we've got our whole lives in our own body. So why not put our energy into us and ourselves and our self-love? And once we've got that self-love just radiating throughout us, we're going to be the best kind of people to be around. Alrighty, I've switched to sitting up on the bed to lying down. So truly, we're going into therapy mode. And I think that's quite on par with how my last answer was. (laughs) So I'm just sitting on my back staring at the ceiling, snuggled by my little Reese girl. Lately, she's been the biggest snuggler. And I always got sad because I think in the beginning, she was not a snuggle puppy whatsoever. She kind of was. Like she slept on my head for a really long time, but she always wanted to play. And when she would want to play, she'd want to run around, but she wouldn't come and snuggle me on the couch, if that makes sense. She'd come like sit near me, but she wouldn't be right up to my body like I wanted her to be of course like I want to be smothered in your love Reese but nowadays she will literally sleep like on my shoulder she'll sleep just so stinking close or at any point in the day she's like just glued to me and I can't help but just feel so loved (laughs) that's so annoying to say but my childhood dog Tiffany she always just loved my mom the most 
which I get because, you know, my mom was her biggest caretaker, best friend and lover. But I always wanted more love and attention. And I just I never got it. So now I'm like, hello, Reese, snuggle the heck out of me. I actually have a lot of questions about my favorite legging brands and my favorite sportswear pants that are not see-through. You'd think I'd talk more about this, but I actually don't feel like I do. So let's have a little fitness wear chat. I went through a very big phase where it felt like, you know, every few months I'd want to buy a few new pairs of leggings. And for the longest time, I was gym shark ride or die. I truly was. This was particularly in college. And pretty much every pair of leggings that I owned was gym shark or target leggings that I had owned for years and years to come. Now in recent years, I strive to be a better consumer. I try not to buy as many things, particularly with leggings too, because I just have so many of them. And if I don't wear them anymore, I will resell them or I will donate them. But I've definitely cut down on the feeling of needing to buy new leggings every few weeks. So I would say my current favorites. I am always going to be the biggest fan of Girlfriend Collective, and I will shout that from the rooftops till the day I depart from the earth. Truly and deeply, they are some of my favorite leggings and sports bras from head to toe. Absolutely so, so stinking comfortable and just a brand that I can confidently stand behind and feel so happy to support. Those, I would say, are kind of like my ride or dies at the moment. I've said, Gymshark, move over. Girlfriend Collective, welcome into my open arms. I'm still a big fan of Gymshark, but I, I sort of think they release so many collections, I just can't keep up. And it just feels very overwhelming. And I sometimes think they've definitely increased their prices since I first started shopping there like four or five years ago. So I buy when I can and I support my favorite ambassadors or whomever when I can. But I think I'm just not as tuned in as I once was because there was a point when I was just obsessed with literally anything they'd put out. I would almost be blindly optimistic and blindly support literally anything that they make, you know? So I would say some of my favorite things that they make are any of their more like camo seamless collection type fabric that's very, very comfortable and just snug. It feels more like pajamas in a way, whereas maybe something like Vital or Energy Seamless is a little bit more restrictive, still comfortable, still flattering, but the camo or the high-waisted flex leggings are probably some of my favorites. Those are always good bets. I will, of course, always understand the love behind Lululemon. I just sometimes, I, I just cannot rationalize the price at points. I'm like, hello, I don't have $100 for one pair of leggings. But at the same time, the quality comparatively to so many other brands is wild. It's not even comparable. And some of their leggings I've had, this sounds gross, but since high school. So like literally six years I've had some of these leggings. And it sounds nasty, but obviously I keep good care of them. And they just stand the test of time. They truly do. Whereas I've already ripped holes in so many of my newer pairs of leggings that were cheaper, but definitely just not as good of quality. So Lululemon is outrageous, but I think if you're going to buy, let's say four pairs of leggings that maybe aren't that good of quality, is it better to just buy one pair of Lululemon that's going to last you years and years, which really is probably more sustainable to begin with? I don't know. 
truly a question. I'm genuinely not sure, but that's that I would be inclined to think yes. I haven't bought from them in a while, but I do like a few of the things that I have from Set Active. I think they are extremely comfortable, very, very flattering. A lot of their material I've seen is very much of the same, which is kind of like this ribbed lined material. And I really do like it. I think it's super comfortable. I am truly not buying too much right now, but those are probably my favorites, at least overall. Like if I want something new, I'm going to go to Girlfriend, Gymshark, Lulu, whatever. Lulu Aligns are probably my favorite of all time. I would love to know if there is a better pair of leggings on this earth. And I truly do mean that. If there is, I need to try them retroactively. Lululemon Aligns are single-handedly the best pair of leggings my legs have ever worn. And that is on God. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Okay, this person said, not in a mean way, but do you have a lot of friends? You seem like such a homebody. Well, I've been quarantined for 14 months, so of course I'm going to seem like a homebody because I'm quarantining and I'm trying to do my part and I'm trying to stay at home. But yes, I have a lot of friends. I don't know how to say that without sounding obnoxious, but yes, I do have a lot of friends. Most of them do not live near me because I live in a new city that none of my friends ever lived in. And most of my friends that I'm super close with still from childhood just live all across the country. So most of my good friends are in California. One of my best friends just moved to Portland, which is awesome because it's drivable. One of my other friends lives in New York, all across the country, which is a bit of a bummer, but I do have a good close knit group of friends right here in Seattle, which is really, really amazing. And they've been super supportive with everything that I'm doing online. But at the same time, you're only ever going to watch me film videos in my home and really do things online that are with me because my friends didn't ask to be on YouTube. My friends didn't ask to be on my Instagram. So unless I get their permission or unless I'm wanting to vlog around them or something, they're probably never going to be seen in my content. So I can understand where you're coming from, that it does look like I'm a big homebody, but I also think, one, these are extraordinary circumstances and I've not made that much content outside of quarantine, if we really think about it. And two, my YouTube channel is something that I made the decision to start. None of my friends signed up for that sort of commitment and most of them do not want to be on camera or have their lives exploited in that sense. So I totally get where you're coming from, but I'm just not one of those people that will vlog like that in front of my friends mainly because they probably just wouldn't care. (laughs) But yes, I promise I'm not a complete and total loner and Reese is not my only friend. It's just sort of weird though. Like you wouldn't see me posting with friends because they don't ask for that and they don't really want to be online. So completely respect that, completely understand. But I get where you're coming from. Like probably from an outsider's perspective, it looks like I have me and my 10 fingers and 10 toes to hang out with. All right, let's end on this next question from Trisha because I think it's actually one that I get a lot and would be important to speak to. So how do you choose your next workout schedule if you just finished a challenge? I had a really hard time with this, particularly in the beginning when I was filming so many back-to-back challenges on my channel. And that was really kind of my way of coping with it for a while would be I would finish a challenge and then I would 
basically immediately afterwards jump into the next challenge. And it felt like for so long, and I'm talking months, I didn't even have my own workout routine because I was so reliant on just producing challenges for YouTube and for you all to see, you know, for me to be your guinea pig and whatnot, which is totally fine. And I really don't have a problem with that. But I think for a little bit, I kind of had this point of, hey, I'm doing so many challenges that are ultimately for you all, my subscribers, what am I really doing for myself? Like what part of my workout routines are for me? So that was kind of, I think, around the point that I decided I felt really lonely. I kind of felt overwhelmed. I felt so just cooped up, obviously, because of quarantine. And that's when I decided to start taking a few fitness classes at an actual studio. I've talked about this before, but that was starting in August 2020. So that was kind of like my first little I'm going to do this for myself sort of workout routine. And even to this point, that's not like the most important part of my routine because really I only go about once a week, maybe twice if I'm lucky. But I think it was very important for me to start incorporating just little things into my routine that were more so for me. So let's say I finished a challenge and I really, really liked it or I really liked one day of the challenge because it was this type of workout. So for example, let's say I did the 12-3-30 challenge. I loved that challenge. I loved it so stinking much. Now obviously, at least for me, it wasn't very sustainable to do every single day on an ongoing basis. However, I still wanted to incorporate that into my routine. So now I will still do 12, 3, 30 a few times a week if I'm able to because it was something I really liked. And of course, if you hear me talk about any of my content, you know that I love doing workouts that bring me joy and make me happy and are something that I want to do because I'm looking forward to it. And that's how I felt with 12, 3, 30. Similarly, let's say with Caroline Gervin, her Epic program. I've loved doing her Epic program. I'm still finishing her first program right now. It's a 10-week online YouTube video challenge program, whatever. And there are a few videos and a few workouts that I just love. And I can see myself sticking with those particular videos even after I finish the challenge, just kind of as something good to fall back on if I'm not really sure what workout to do that week, let's say. I know that I really liked this one video. I'm going to keep repeating it because I felt like I got a good workout from it. It felt very comprehensive. Whatever it was that I liked about it, I want to continue incorporating that into my routine. So that can be kind of a good way to ease out of a challenge because sometimes I think that can be the hard part about challenges is that you know exactly what you're doing for 10 weeks in a row. Every single day you wake up and you have something scheduled for yourself. And then day one, week 11, you kind of wake up and you're like, wait a minute, do I start another program? Do I start another challenge? What do I even do that is different than what I've done before? So my suggestion would be to pick and choose any workouts from that past program if you have access to them, like an online fitness challenge that you can report back to report back to like it's class just save those workouts put them in a folder on your YouTube channel which you can do if you have a YouTube account you don't need to be posting videos and whatnot but you can have just like a little playlist or something that is workouts that you want to turn to when you're just not really sure what to do and you'll remember that you know week seven day four was a really good workout for you and you want to keep that kind of in the back of your mind. So put that into a playlist on YouTube, maybe add in some dance workouts or something from MK Fit, Mad Fit, whomever. Those are always great ones to turn to. 
But I think it's just really, really important to find a good balance and to also find within that balance a passion for fitness, a passion for wanting to go to the gym. If you're somebody that loves a schedule and you love something that's very regimented, then I highly recommend kind of even opening up your notes app and writing down your own workout split. That's something that's going to work for you very well. I usually like to schedule, let's say, my one or two fitness classes a week ahead of time or so, so I know exactly what that next week of workouts is going to look like for me. And if I'm going to that gym on, let's say, Wednesday and Friday, then I know that if I take a rest day on Thursday, then Monday and Tuesday, maybe I can go to the gym and weightlift and I can do a leg day. And then Tuesday, I can do an arm day. Or if I wake up on Monday and I'm just not really in the mood to go weightlifting, then I'll go for a run or I'll go for a walk or I'll pull up YouTube and and just do a different workout or something. I'm just all about that balance and also variation because I just get bored of the same thing so easily. Like sometimes challenges can be really, really hard for me to do, which I know is so counterintuitive to my channel in its entirety. But really, I just hate repeating the same thing over and over again. I don't mind circuits. Like I know that that's really, really good for you. And I also don't mind doing multiple sets of something. Like I get that. But more so I hate the routine of just watching the same thing over and over and over again because I want something different and fun and I love variety. So that's why I'm just such a proponent of almost like waking up in the morning and asking yourself, what am I in the mood to do today? Am I in the mood to go for a run? Nope. Am I in the mood to go do a a butt day, a booty day? No. Should I go do a back day, a pull day, whatever? Yeah, I kind of want to do that. So I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to maybe look up some inspiration or I'm going to follow exercises that I know work for me and I'm just going to enjoy myself and maybe I'll end my workout with 12, 3.30 because it feels like something fun to do for myself and I'll watch some Netflix and I will just be happy that I went to the gym and I moved my body and I'm grateful to have a body that I'm able to take to the gym. And I just, I try and look at it from that perspective and be so, so grateful and thankful that I have the ability to have that sort of freedom in the way that I move and just wanting to do things that make me happy. But it is about three in the afternoon right now and it's just around time for my cat nap of sorts. So I'm going to wrap it up here, folks. Thank you all so much for listening and just know that I love you all so sincerely much and I'm here for you and I'm rooting for you and whatever you're battling right now in your life, know that the tides will be turned in your favor and you will get through whatever it is that you're battling and I believe in you. I love you. I'm here for you and I'm just so, so grateful for you and you deserve every good thing in this world and I truly do mean that. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I will talk to you next week. But in the meantime, do something nice for yourself. Give yourself some grace. Do that one thing that you always told yourself that you were going to do that maybe you've been putting off for three months and it's probably only going to take you 10 minutes to complete. Do that one little thing or finally start that YouTube channel. Finally start that podcast. Send that boy a text that you've always wanted to text or that girl or whomever do what makes you happy. All right. Do something for yourself. I love you. Take care of yourself. I will talk to you next week. Love you. Bye-bye.